0: Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance
1: Writing Coach, your go to podcast for building a freelance writing business.
0: In each 20 minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you.
1: This season is sponsored by Editor Ninja, the internet's favorite flat rate content editing service. Founded by veteran marketer and entrepreneur John Doherty, Editor Ninja provides professional editing services for a flat rate. No more nickel and diming over individual content pieces. Just subscribe and add content to your queue and your dedicated editor will get to work. Schedule a free editorial assessment with John today at editorninja.com
0: demo. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to become the go-to freelance writer for a specific offering. So we have done an episode before about niches and niching down, but today we want to talk about like what it means to be someone that's the go-to person for something like very specific, whether it's long-form content or web copy or a specific industry. So we want to talk about like how to do that and also why it's a good thing to do, right? So Kaylee, I'd love to hear from you a little bit about like, why is becoming the go-to freelance writer for something specific, like worth thinking about and worth doing as opposed to just sort of having a general, like I can write whatever you need.
1: Yeah. So I always use the metaphor of if you were going to have a mural painted on the side of your business, would you want to hire the person who marketed themselves as like a general artist with no one key area of focus? Or would you want to hire somebody who is known for their amazing murals that they paint on the side of businesses? And they have this very specific body of work that is exactly related to the service that you need, right? You always want the specialist. And so I think that that's kind of what we're speaking to in this episode is it's sticky. It's sticky for one thing. It's easier to remember when you know, oh, Emma's the one who does case studies for software as a service companies. And if you can be even more specific of like, oh, Emma's the person who does case studies for financial software. That's kind of where she really focuses. She does all of the case studies for that type of company and and they're just amazing. And she has tons of referrals for that because she's the go-to person for it. And so I think that in this sea of competition where there's so many freelance writers out there doing so many different things, if you can find that one little cubbyhole of the internet to specialize and really focus on, it's just easier for people to remember, oh, you're the person who does that. So when they hear of somebody who needs that type of work, those projects get sent your way. And so it's, it's to me really about referrals and having a memorable service offering that people are like, oh, yes, you need to talk to such and such because she does that exact type of thing. I'm curious from you, like, do you agree with that? Do you think that there is a lot of value or do you think versatility is more of a better way to go?
0: I think that when you're starting out, it's okay to be more general because what I hate to see people do is to try and narrow down and create an offering that people don't actually want. Because I think you build this offering like case studies for software businesses based on like your experience working with customers and software and understanding like, oh, this is something that businesses need that I could charge for that I could really specialize in. So like I basically, I'm saying like, I don't think it makes sense to pull this kind of specialty out of a hat. And it's okay to start a little bit more generally and narrow down kind of as you go, which I think we both have done in our businesses, right? And then at the same time, I think that you can sort of offer like a couple, be known for like a couple of different things. So like Kaylee, like when I think about you, I think like, okay, Kaylee has all of this experience in e-commerce and, and tools that help support e-commerce and long form writing around that. But she also has like a content remix business, which is turning podcast episodes into content. And so those are like things, an e-commerce company came to me and was like, do you know anyone? It's like, oh yeah, Kaylee. And then if someone's like, oh, I need uh, help with podcast summaries, I'd be like, oh, Kaylee. Right. So like, it's not just like, it has to be like one thing. Set in stone, I think you can be known for a couple of different things. And then, like, one way that I've thought about it for myself is like saying that I specialize in interview based content. And what I mean by that is that it's sort of content that I create from like conversations with real subject matter experts or customers. So the subject matter experts might just be interviewing a founder of a company and turning those insights into a post, which is basically more like ghostwriting, right? Whereas a case study would be interviewing a client or a client's customer and then turning that into a story. And so they're like very different, but they both have this interview component, which not all freelancers do. So I think my point there is like, I don't think you ha- it has to be like this one tiny thing that you can be a little bit creative in how you like specialize and, and narrow down. Yeah. And I'm curious, like, what do you see people are doing that you think like, either really works or doesn't work when it comes to this? Like, have you seen people offer things where you're like, nobody would want that, that doesn't make sense? Or have you seen people offer things where you're like, wow, this is like really amazing and perfectly positioned? Yeah.
1: One that pops right into my brain is Leanna Patch, who you and I both know, she's kind of the go-to person for comedic copywriting in an e-commerce setting. So like product page descriptions, website copy, basically any page on a website. But that's her little corner is she is the person who really takes kind of a humor-driven approach and is very, very good at it. And she has this background in comedy. I don't know if she still does stand-up or improv. But she, she has, does. yeah. Yeah. And so she has this great foundation of, of knowledge that she can pull from when she's doing that type of service for her clients. And that to me just makes a whole lot of sense. Now, what doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me is when I go to a writer's website and they have 15 different types of service offerings on there, they'll do any type of writing for any type of client. To me, that's a red flag because it's kind of like jack of all trades is a master of none. And so you want to have some sort of specific expertise that you can bring to the table because otherwise it's like, well, unless
0: you're the cheapest option, why would I hire you, you know? I see this a lot with my coaching clients where they're just starting out. And so they're like, well, I'm going to offer like everything, but the kitchen sink, right? Like I'm going to just, I like want the work. So I'll write emails. I'll do SEO landing pages. I'll do social media copy. And I don't think that that is wrong in the sense that I think when you're starting out, it's really good to try on lots of different types of projects. I just think that you're better off positioning yourself as doing like a couple or a few different things. And then when clients come to you, if they want something else, which they always do. I mean, there's still today, like I'm very clear about what I specialize in and I still have clients coming to me that are like, like they might not know another writer. So they're like, I need help with like an SEO strategy strategy for my real estate business, is that something you can help with? And I'm like, that is totally not what I do. But when I was just starting out, maybe I would have said yes to something like that right? to get the experience and maybe see if that was something that I really liked. So I don't think that reducing that list from 15 different offerings necessarily means you can't experiment with doing those 15 different offerings, especially if you find a client that needs like a lot of freelancers have success when they're starting out finding a client that needs like all kinds of marketing writing support. So they can kind of work on contract with them to do like their emails, their social, their whatever they need. And they can kind of get all of that. But I don't feel like you want to have like a website or a LinkedIn where there's like 100 or even 15, right? Different services. I think also this relates to pitching. So this was
1: another question we got from a listener of like, how do I? Figure out which clients to target when I'm doing some cold pitching and outreach and trying to land projects. How do I know which businesses to talk to and who realistically has a budget and is hiring freelance writers and needs the type of services that I'm bringing to the table? There's a little bit of research that goes into that process, of course, but I think it's also a matter of talking to other people who are already doing the type of work you're interested in doing in your space and seeing if they can help provide some guidance on kind of here's how this goes, or maybe even like an apprenticeship model or subcontracting relationship, that can be a really good foot in the door as far as contacts and just how things go within that particular space. The other thing too is sometimes you stumble into a new service offering that you maybe didn't know you wanted to offer, but you started doing it because of one of those random projects you took on. So an example that I'm thinking of is I know somebody who was specializing in kind of like a marketing stand-in or like a like a stopgap solution for when a company didn't have a marketing team or a marketing person in place like
0: a transitional CMO or something like
1: that. Yeah, a fractional CMO they sometimes call it. Yeah. She would often help with the strategy development as part of that, their content strategy and she was like, "Wow, I really like doing this. I like talking to customers and really helping them develop a thoughtful content strategy. I'm really good at this. And so then she spun off this offering for content strategy development for this specific type of client that she works with. And again, like just kind of stumbled into it through this other service offering she was experimenting with. So I don't know, sometimes you find it when you're not expecting to, that thing that you want to be known for.
0: Yeah, and I don't think that when you're starting out, you want to like really hardcore force this. I think it's something that you kind of want to be like keeping an eye out for as you're starting to work with clients, just thinking about like, well, what kind of work do I really like? Uh, What kind of work is the most lucrative for me? How are companies thinking about this thing? I think that when I hear people talk about narrowing down, they often talk about like, well, industry. So like, I'm going to only write for hardware companies or something, not hardware, like the hammer, like hardware, like computer hardware. And I like, don't really think that that necessarily makes any more sense than saying like, I'm going to write long form content. Because I think that sometimes the industry matters like a little bit less than what the offering is that you're doing or like whatever you're offering, the industry kind of naturally follows. Like if you're offering product descriptions, for example, like most likely you're going to end up working for like e-commerce sites that need like tons of product descriptions written. So there's this question of kind of like, well, should you narrow down on like the industry or should you narrow in on the the like type of asset or should you narrow in on both? And I guess what I would caution people with is like, I wouldn't start by narrowing in on both because I think you don't necessarily know that like every cannabis company needs help with their emails, right? But if you sort of say like, oh, I help companies in general with their emails, that that even saying that is like so much more of a step forward to narrowing down in a positive way than just saying like, I'm a freelance writer.
1: yeah. I think the other component of this too is circling back to the who do I pitch to? Like, how do I figure out who's realistic for me to talk to as far as offering my services? Is like a little bit of it is common sense. So, like, nonprofits traditionally do not have a lot of money (laughs) to spend on freelancers. That's one that I always am kind of cautious when I talk to people who are wanting to go into that path. It's definitely important and there are companies out there who have a budget for it, but it's a much smaller pond <laughs> than a lot of different industries. You need to do your homework and figure out how many employees do they have? What's their annual budget? If these are things that you can dig up through a simple Google search, that can help you. But I think even just asking a few questions right off the bat, we talked about this in a previous episode of almost filtering and making sure that everybody's on the same page before you invest too much time asking important questions like, what is your budget that you have to spend on this on a month over month basis? And just questions like that that are going to help you gauge their interest and like availability when it comes to working with you. Otherwise, you're going to spin your wheels quite a bit. And that can be really, really frustrating and discouraging, especially if you're just getting started.
0: Yeah, I think that there's like this sort of delicate dance that you do when you first start out of figuring out like, well, what services should I be offering? Do people want these services? Like what makes the most sense to kind of narrow in and offer? And some of that is just like, it's like a work in progress. Like what you and I sort of started doing, I think is like fairly different from what we do now. Certainly the way that we talk about what we do. So like, I think about when I first started, I always did blog content. Like when I first started as a freelance writer, like I've always done long form blog content, but I didn't necessarily like market myself that way. And even now, like I still do some blog content. I wouldn't say it's the bulk of my business, but I, I do do a lot of it, but I talk about it a little bit differently. And I think the way that I talk about it, it's much more value driven than just saying like, oh, I'm a blog writer. Like I talk about doing these kind of like subject matter expert-backed pieces or thought leadership or ghostwriting. and just like the way that I'm positioning it is a little bit different and more valuable. So some of this is like when we're talking about narrowing down, it may not even be different than what you're already doing. It may just be about like how you kind of talk about it, position it, pitch it. And you mentioned that when you were talking about like, well, how do you decide who to pitch and, and all of that? It's tricky. It's not
1: a simple thing. It took me years to figure out where I wanted to focus and what that one thing I wanted to be known for was. And so I did a lot of things that I didn't really enjoy before that, because I feel like that's the only way you can really figure it out. So try a lot of different things, figure out what you like, what you're good at and what you absolutely don't like and rule those things out. And without that trial and error, it can be really difficult to know
0: where you want to, lean in and focus. And I think this is something that's never over actually. Like as you're saying that you're like, it took me forever. Like I feel like you and I have known each other for probably like seven or eight years now. I don't know. It's been forever. And it's only in the past like year or two that we were like, we should have a podcast together. We've done like various other collaborations over the course of our careers together. And I expect that to continue in new ways, et cetera. But like we kind of were like, oh, this, the podcast is like very, it works for us, I think. But that wasn't something that we were just able to do like the first day we became friends, right? Sure. And I think, I mean, I see you all the time experimenting with offering like a new kind of service or Mm -hmm. uh, closing something that you don't think, like coaching, I think is a good example where you're like, oh, I tried offering coaching It was fine. I liked it. I was helping people, but like I didn't like having my calendar booked. So maybe that's not Mm -hmm. something like I want to keep offering. And I think that's like part of the magic of working for yourself, where you can be like, okay, like I want to try doing a podcast, or like I want to focus on doing case studies and see where I get with that. Or I want to try offering coaching and see if I get anywhere. And like maybe those avenues will lead you to something really special that gets you going and that you really want to focus your energy in. Or maybe you're like, eh, try that. Wasn't really for me. And you move on.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of this really comes down to helping you generate referrals organically. So I don't know. I feel like that's how most business happens. We're just like, because we're human creatures, we trust the recommendations we get from people, even if they're parasocial relationships, like on social media, if I were to go to Twitter and put out an ask and say, who's the best person for paid ads on TikTok? Like who is the expert on that? I can guarantee you that right off the bat, there would be three or four people who would reply with somebody who does that one specific thing. And so that to me is the benefit of having this area of like, I'm the go-to person for this very, very thing especially in this era, like I said, of social media where the it's you can have those referrals happen instantaneously and at any time from any place. And so there's a lot of opportunity there, but you have to know where you want to kind of stand within the landscape of offerings, which is not an easy thing.
0: Yeah. And I think to go along with the social media thing, it's also just like the people that you know and connect with. So I say this to my t- coaching clients all the time. I'm like, I would love to be able to refer work to you, but you need to have something that's going to pop into my brain when a Mm -hmm. lead comes in. So if you're going to be someone that's like the go-to person for content marketing strategy, I need to sort of know that and have you filed in my like brain as the person to be like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Because I I mean, I say that to my coaching clients because I want to help them get work. But if they just say, oh, well, like I'm a general freelance writer. I have no real specialty or there's nothing that sort of sets me apart, then it makes it really hard for me to think of them. Not because I don't want to give them work, but like they just don't pop into my brain. Right. Yeah. And I think that there are a lot
1: of places kind of outward facing communication wise that you can reiterate this because people, you have to tell them 13 or 14 times before they remember. So putting your specialization in your LinkedIn bio, on your Twitter bio, on your website, tweeting about things that are related to that specific type of service offering that you have and again just like reinforcing in people's minds that you are interested in this one thing and this is what you know a lot about there is a little bit of outward push that you have to do as well to reinforce in people's minds so they know you're that go-to person it's not just something that you can like flop on your website and then boom done you're the go-to person it's something you have to consistently work on maintaining i think
0: yeah absolutely
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast.
0: If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit FreelanceWritingCoachPodcast.com.